Yun. Tapat pala dito. Mm-mm, para mas malakas. Sabi ko sa'yo, bumili ka na ng clapper. This episode is brought to you by Radiant Medical Aesthetics located at 2795 West Lincoln Avenue, Unit C, Anaheim, California, 92801. They offer rejuvenating facials, cosmetic injectables, body contouring. To book your appointment, call 714-886-2959 and tell them Paco or Janelle referred you to get the Live at Paco's Place discount. You may also visit them on the web at RadiantBeautyMD.com. Jay? Hello. Ito naman, uh, LDS Systems. Ayan nga. This episode is also brought to you by LD... <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by LDS Systems, Inc. If you own a business and would like to build your back office to scale with your business growth, Give LDS Systems a call to book your consultation. They aren't just an IT company, but a leader in dedicated solutions for your business. Give them a call at 873-8987 or visit them on the web at ldssystems.com. Ayuna. Welcome to the podcast, JJ Buen Camino. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Uh dito rin naman ako pag wala ako rito sa harap I'm behind the scenes <laughs> pero, pero maganda yung at least yung mga listeners natin sa podcast at saka yung mga viewers natin dito sa Pacos Place at least when they when they see you're here they know that okay so JJ is really part of the team if um, uh, if you may tell them what scope do you do to get this show up and running because it's not little it's a lot well kung pag-uusapan natin anything to do uh, with what's behind the camera, um, yung ginagawa niya is lighting, yung setup ng lighting, uh-huh. uh, nitty-gritty stuff. Yung, yung uh, things, natin, to, yeah. things to make uh, this broadcast work, like uh, height audio, uh, wiring, everything. Uh, tapos, syempre, you have to be keen on yung kung sino. Pag halimbawa, nasa frame yung, ano, yung uh, kinukunan. Yeah. Kailangan mong i-guide yun. Those kind of stuff. Pero nandun na tayo. Ba't di natin simulan kung paano, why don't we start where we transformed this garage into what is now Paco's place. Tell them all about the the number of Home Depot runs we did. <laughs> Grabe yun. Oh, from from uh, yung paint, yan, yeah, 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 which yeah. is uh, scarce. Like everything, everything you see. Uh, if if uh, if you're if you're listening, you can't see the walls, but they're black and they're they're painted. Um, yeah. Click on the link in the description below to to take you to the YouTube um, video podcast. But eto yung sinasabi ni JJ everything that's behind that behind us and even the floor no mm, yung floor nga yung floor nga yung isa sa mga medyo nag, naging challenging kasi nung pumunta kami sa mga Home Depot stores sa ibang branches wala so we had to do like a Home Depot uh, uh, tour oh, yeah 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 all, most of all most of all the Home Depots in Southern California all the way to San Dimas di ba right oh oh my god ang layo nung ang layo nung Grab lugar na yon tapos Uh, what what our guests don't know is that we transform this this place into into a, a virtual stage, right? Right. right. Uh, actually, so tell them what ako, we do. Uh, what we started with was, of course, yun nga yung paint, di ba? We yeah. had to paint this garage differently with Jaja's vision. Uh-huh. Ganda nga nung ano niya, concept niya, it was like black walls. Before ito, pag nakita niyo yung garahe dati talaga, ibang-iba. <laughs> we, we took pictures of the before and after and we'll probably we'll, show we'll you post uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the next uh, next episode maybe yeah, yeah, or yeah. On, on, the, on the website, right? On the website, uh-huh. we'll, we'll, put, it, we'll yeah. put it there. Mm-hmm. Galing, no? Mm-hmm. Tapos, ikwento mo sa kanila how you um, envision this whole... Right now, it looks like a podcast studio, but behind us, again, if you're if you're listening, you can do don't see. We'll describe it, but behind us is my drum kit, diba? Right? Oh yes. Yeah. So, uh, how did you make this place very uh, ergonomical for both artists and podcast pod podcast guests? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, eto, uh, we're trying to keep things like modular. 
Kasi this uh, this uh, area here, itong tinatawag nating Pacos Place, uh-huh. is not only a uh, a live uh, venue but also a podcast venue. So right. ito tulad na ito, itong ginagamit namin ngayon table ay eh, nakaharang ngayon nga, sabi ni Paco, nakaharang sa drums. Ayun. So we're trying to see if we can put some uh, casters like wheels oh, para mas para mabilis. Lang, para lang ma-move to na mabilis so uh, convert Which is, uh, pag tinignan mo sa isang broadcast stage or sound stage, ganun din ang ginagawa nila. Diba? Right. Lahat ng props, uh-huh. talagang degulong, tulak, mm-hmm. para at least you can strike it down and then set it up. Yeah, like right? everything's, everything's on the side. Yeah. It's got wheels. And then when, when it's time to change the set, you just pull it out. That's ganun true. Ganun lang siya. Mm. Yep. Tapos, yung mga, yung mga guests natin, And we've had some good guests come to the studio already, right? Diba? Mm-hmm. They, uh, what, what they don't know is we actually tear down the studio after every use. Tell them all about that. Oh, yes. Um, well, sa ngayon, uh, we're still working on the wiring. So every time an, an artist uh, performs and after the performance, first you set up, of course, the, the cabling. And then after the performance, you have to pack up. Iro-roll mo yung wires talagang. Lahat sila. The wires, I the know. headphones, the mics. Ima- imagine if we're able to, ano, no? imagine if we're able to just keep them where they are, right? I know, yes. It's gonna be faster. Oh, ganun. ganun if, na if, yeah. load, oh. if you guys have any idea how we could snake this properly, we would, um, yeah, we would, be forever grateful. We'd like to thank John Loveris and Julian Cook for yes. providing our snakes for Paco's Place. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the auxiliaries mm-hmm. are still a problem because the auxiliaries still have to to connect to, to our actual um, uh, mixing desk. No? Yes. Wala, mm-hmm. walang, walang snake. And so, mm-hmm. that's the issue. So, we have to find something that works for now. Pero the cables are being utilized. Lalo yung, yung, kay, yung kay John, di ba? Yeah. It's right here and uh, we patched it up. Uh, <laughs> may so, mga tape and everything. <laughs> I know. So, now, to all of you who are wondering who actually, what, what JJ's background is, that's what um, I brought him in front of the camera to do. Not only that, moving moving forward, if you're listening to the podcast and become a regular in our community, um, JJ is actually my co-host slash wingman. And, um, you know, if, sabi nga niya, if he's not behind the camera doing technical director work, he's um, in front of the camera being my, my wingman pag may mga topics na gusto natin pag-usapan. But today, Jay, it's all about you. Wow. I know. Grabe. Ano kayo mo? Everything but that. Diba? What's your favorite fruit? Favorite fruit? What's your favorite color? I'm sure it's diba not favorite? that. Anyway. <laughs> Inside ano joke, guys. But Jay, tell them tell them what you do. I mean, your your background in music. Tell them who you are with regard to that. Okay, so uh, before I got into this podcasting and uh, yeah, this technical stuff, uh-huh. uh, I started in a band called like Introvoice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And before I, uh, let's backtrack a little bit more. Before Sige. I started with the band, I had a liking to the piano. Yeah, the piano. So, so you're a keyboard player? Yeah. Okay. Actually, not exactly a keyboard player. I was keen on, I, I like I like the piano sound first. Uh, all right. And then when my mom bought the piano and I saw it, I was like little then. And then when she bought the piano and I saw the keys, oh no. <laughs> so here's my question. You said you're not a keyboard player. What's the difference between a pianist, a keyboard, a keyboard player, and uh, a sound, soundscape artist? Oh, yes. Because uh, a, a uh, pianist, yeah. when, when you say you're a keyboard player per se... Uh, you, you you can play like solo piano and you can fill all the gaps uh-huh. with just your your playing, just yourself. Is that you? I don't see myself yet as that uh, that guy, but I see myself more of a sound designer, a soundscapist. Okay. Yeah. So sound synthesis, designer, yeah. synthesis, synthesis, synthesis. Para si Kurzweil, para mga hindi. Yung tagagawa ng synthesizer naman yun. Yeah. That's that's what happened after the piano when I uh, when I listened to other other stuff uh, like instrumentals like electronic yeah. electronic stuff like the stuff from uh, of course way back uh-huh. <laughs> vintage yeah like synth synth oriented stuff 
I got myself into like uh, keyboards. Like I said, hmm, why not buy a synthesizer? Like I was like uh, drooling over a DX7 before. Okay. Yeah, that was like classic synth. And then, uh, yeah, my mom bought me a, a Casio, which is a That was your first one. synthesizer? That was my first. Analog. It's actually a digital synth that okay. can sound like an analog. But All right. before I wasn't able to uh, further utilize that because I upgraded my synths. What was it? The CZ1. That's, that's the CZ1, yes. Oh my God, that's mm. so vintage. That's so, so 80s. Vintage. So that's so 80s, yes. Uh, that's what got into me into um that's what got me into music uh was the sound of the 80s uh-huh. synth oriented uh, pop tapos after that so with introvoice by the way uh we we are bandmates with introvoice and uh jj has been credited to to writing most of the band's hits and predominantly when when you say writing most of the band hit the band's hits, what was your main contri- contribution to all these songs that um, that became hits for Introvoice? Um, honestly, I haven't had like I haven't uh, composed a song from from top to bottom like the, uh-huh. a complete song yet. I only contribute like bits and pieces. But those are significant. Those are uh-huh. those are significant bits and pieces. Huh? I mean, not just your average. Uh, um, oh, add this here, add this there. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's mention a song. Um, you can you can listen to this on different streaming platforms and even on the Introvoice website. It's called "However Which Way." Let's talk about that song, "However Which Way." Oh yeah, that started with a riff going on in my head. Like um, we were, we were at uh, my cousin's place. He had that uh, upright, upright piano, uh-huh. and it sounded really good. So I tried that riff, and then I I doodled with it, and I I kept playing it over and over again. And then here comes Paco, and then he said, "Hey, that riff's good." And then he started writing lyrics, started and thinking lyrics of and, yeah. lyrics, and then. That song and, and, was done in like 30 minutes. And that was it, right? That was it. That was it. And and that's how we write songs uh-huh. and we actually thought it was not going to be a uh, to be a hit. Yep. But it turned out to be our first major major hit song. I however know, which way. It's unexpected then uh, yeah. <laughs> but those are those are the unexpected that that you're 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 pretty much good at. Mhm. Well, thank you. <laughs> Like you come up with you come up with a chord progression or you come up with a riff and mm-hmm. and it inspires members in the bands in the band to actually write over it mm-hmm. right. and so we always argue that without it uh, there wouldn't be a song well thank you <laughs> okay so the, the reason why i I um place the conversation there is because there are bands who are having difficulties divvying up um, writing credits. So, right, right. so let's talk about that. Like, like, when is it appropriate to give writing credits and is it appropriate to actually take writing credits? Hmm. That's something uh, good to ponder on. <laughs> but let's talk about it yeah, now right? because I'm pretty sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners are pondering on the same thought. Um, I, I have a friend. His name is Will Ilagan. Mm-hmm. And he actually sent me a Facebook message mm-hmm. asking me the same thing. Because he heard, this, uh, he heard one of his former band's song being played on one of the streaming platforms. Uh-huh. And he asked me, "Am I supposed to make money off of this?" Oh, you you answer that. Um, okay, in terms of ownership, like song ownership, if you're the one who initiated, of course, the song, then of course you own you own the song. If some other person collaborates with you with the song, if that part is significant enough, I, I can guess, you define that for our listeners? Okay, okay. okay so. If you initiated the creation of the song, technically you're the owner of the song. Yes. Right? So when does it become a collaboration in your opinion? In my opinion, it becomes a collaboration. It becomes like a, a part ownership of the other, the other party who, who, who put in his uh, contribution to the song. Uh-huh. When? Um, when, does it when, be- when it has something to do with 
with the overall uh, message of the song, that's that's one. Uh, if if he or she contributes a riff that is significant to the song, that mm-hmm. is like a pillar of the song, that it, the song can't. Uh, you have it's like it's like when you listen to that riff, you have or when to you listen, listen to it again, or when you listen to the song and the riff is not there, you look for that riff. Yes, right. right. So it becomes mm-hmm. part of the song. Yeah, that's what. And if you contribute significantly to a chorus, a lyric to the chorus, that's also that's also one thing. Playing the bass for a song is that considered? Yeah, playing a bass for a song. If the bass suddenly makes a lead mm-hmm. bass makes the bass like sing like a like a, a chorus riff or something or like an intro then like, that's a that's like kind of duff mckagan on sweet child of mine right would you consider him like if 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 you were duff and duff did that boom bum bada ba bada 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 that can be that can be part of the song yes right? cuz cuz that introduced the song that riff itself introduced the, the same song. way slashes um intro to sweet child of mine right the, yeah that okay. that that riff is <laughs> being played by a lot of kids yeah steven adler's drums on sweet child of mine steven adler's drums they're just supportive. They just there's just support <laughs> instrumentation for for that song, and I so, don't consider it like yeah. So course. the answer would be no. It's part of the arrangement. Okay, okay, okay. So going back to my friend Will, I asked him, "Sabiko, what did you do for the song?" And then he go, he he actually told me, "I played bass." Psycho, so I, I think you have a problem because if you only played bass. How can you, how can you actually? Um, but 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 what ba- ba- bass part did he put in? Just the normal bass parts, ah. like what you said. Arrangement. I said the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because how about adding a word? Like let's say the word is insignificant. You just added a word. Uh, that's really iffy. If it's a word, if if. Oh, insignificant. If it's insignificant, it's insignificant. Then, uh, like it, it doesn't change the mess. The word doesn't change the message of the song. Gets more. Now it that's based on the person who created the song in the first place. The the main writer of the song. Uh-huh. It depends if the person would give like a certain small percentage. Okay, so there you go. Now you're saying give. I was asking, is it appropriate for a contributor to ask for credits or is he or she supposed to wait to be given writing credits? Uh, in my opinion, it's the discretion, it's the discretion of, uh, of course, the main songwriter. Okay. Yeah. He, he or she has to give the credit to whoever gave that small input. Right. Now, would it be best... Wouldn't it be best if you're a band and everybody stays up late mm-hmm. to just give writing credits to everybody? Again, that depends on the discretion. No, no, no. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but yeah, right. but to, to avoid to avoid um to avoid mishaps in the future. Because uh-huh. the way I see it, let's say, let's just say I'm the I'm the chief songwriter. Right. Right. And you're staying up late with me mm-hmm. to help me create the song. Right. You're not doing anything except everything I tell you to do. And then let's say we have a, a bass player and a drummer and a key, and another and a, and a, another guitar player who are up with me. Mm-hmm. And it's two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And everybody's not going home and everybody's just playing the parts I want everybody to play. Is it appropriate to give writing credits to everybody in the room who actually stayed up late up to two in the morning or three in the morning or just pay them for the night and call it a day? Yeah. I think if you're saying that... You're a you're, band, huh? Yeah, you're, yeah, not yeah, a, yeah. you're not a solo artist. You're yeah. a band, yeah. If you're saying that uh, you're just dictating to them what they're playing... Uh-huh. It, it can also depend. If what... Cause, cause, uh, there's nuances like certain nuances to playing that, uh, like, uh, germinates a seed that's in the mind of the the creator of the of the the songwriter, the main songwriter. 
So that can lead that can itself lead to a creation of another part or an improvement of another part. For example, right, a chorus right, or a right. verse or or some some other uh, some other part of the song. Uh, so it depends. It also depends. But if it's uh, like played verbatim, it doesn't spark any uh, any other creative creative thought. Then I think. I think there's no. Uh, it's it's based on the discretion again of the of the chief songwriter. The chief songwriter, yeah. Now, um, being part of a band, how would you, how would you define your role? Is it passive? Is it active? I mean, are you, is everybody in the band supposed to be actively participating, or should they? What what, what sort of dynamic do you see happening in a band? Because like with us, you're you're one of the quiet ones, yes. right? But is it by design? Is it because there are too many loud voices in the band? I mean, share your opinion with our listeners. Okay, so for me, I am like I'm like an on and off switch. Okay, yeah. So there's there are times that I need to take the back seat, and there are times that I would take command. That's how I see myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would I would try to feel out the the situation like if uh, if it warrants like my my contribution I would of course step up right but if uh, if I feel that they can uh, they can do it on their own I'll let them I'll let them do it themselves but how do you um for for starting for starting bands how as because your personality is more introvertish, right? You're yeah, I'm more I'm more laid back. Laid back. So how do you get your point across, especially if there are egos in the room? Oh yeah. Um, how advice to listeners of the podcast who are actually in the same situation you are? Okay, my advice to um, musicians who have bad mates who are like the A type, the A personality. Um, you have to sometimes yield, okay? Because they they can't they can't help it. They their a personality is gonna like stick out no matter what, no matter what they say when they say uh, okay. I can I can of course uh, step back sometimes, but it's it's innate. It's innate in them. Like they they're born a personality. So if you can yield sometimes, that's part of helping out because it's. Uh, it's uh, giving way to, of course, like uh, their ideas uh, being brought out first. But but again, if you're in a band that is like in a democracy, it's good. Because if, if they shell out their ideas, it doesn't mean that it's verbatim. It's still up to a vote. Right. Like, yeah, it's subject to, of course, uh, further... Uh, Re, uh, rehash. Tayo, we're in a democracy, yeah, right? Our band, our band is in uh, pseudo democracy, right? Uh-huh. Pseudo democracy with oligarchs and cronies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> cronies, huh? So define define a democratic band. How does that work? Like um, a, a democratic band, in uh, from from how I see it, uh-huh. is uh, a band that gives, uh, of course gives chances to each of its members to shell out their to voice out their opinions like example like for example okay um for example songs mm-hmm. okay uh it's currently being uh being created so right they're gonna they're gonna let the other members uh let them know what what they think of the song. They meaning they the chief writer, no? Yeah, the chief writer, whoever uh-huh. first wrong, wrote the song. Uh-huh. Right? So also on song lineups, yes, the, the repertoire for yeah, for live shows. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh the the one who created the, the lineup would of course explain. Would show would show <laughs> each of the members why why the lineup was Right. Was built that way, right? Uh huh. And then, of course, each of the members have uh, time to, of course, like uh, give their opinions or contribute to, yeah. of course, improving the lineup or sometimes shut up. <laughs> if the lineup's good enough, then. Yeah. Speaking of that, now let's go back. Let's go back to uh, a personality. Time to yield, like uh-huh. what you said a while ago. Yeah. 
you have ideas because you're a creative person. So when when you when one of your bandmates, like sometimes me, sometimes Jonathan or whoever, mm-hmm. or whoever you're in a collaborative environment with, if they dominate the space, what happens to the ideas that you have in your head? Where do they go? Yun ang ano, okay. question ko. So, for example, if, uh, like what you said, one dominates. Yeah. You'll still, if you have your ideas in your head, you still keep it. Okay. So, kumbaga, ipaparking lot. Hmm? Ipaparking Park lot it, mo yun. Keep it. And then, when it's time to hear what the... Uh, what they got, the whole thing, the whole shebang, mm-hmm. if they present it to you and then uh, you suddenly uh, hear something that needs to be improved on, then you can suggest. And then what you have in your head is what you can probably add to what they did. So patience is key. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> patience <laughs> is key. Sometimes you just need to sleep and... Uh, <laughs> just let it... Uh, okay, fine. Let, it, uh, sa buhay, let no? it simmer. Yes. Let it simmer. Or or maybe come up with a project all your own altogether. Yes. Because... Um, diba? I, I don't believe in like throwing away like songs. Ideas, yes, Ideas, yes. No. Like especially nowadays, like technology is like uh, so advanced, you, uh-huh. can, you can rehash pretty much anything. You can you can morph anything to another creation. So, if you have like your ideas, don't throw them away. Just put them aside, and then when you get get back to it, you'll see <laughs> you'll see a different set of like a like a like music or right. or, or sounds right. that you you got in your head. It's like. It's like uh, again letting it uh, letting it simmer. You're you're gonna come come back to your uh, music with a fresh set of ears, and then okay, start from there. Perfect makes makes perfect sense. Live shows, naman yan yan ang gusto ko. Let's talk about live shows. For for the live shows, what do you do in terms of preparation? For the live shows. Because, <clears throat> again, like our band, Introvoice, we don't have a bass player. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. We don't have a bass player. Therefore, on stage, it's a vocalist, it's a drummer, it's a keyboard player, it's a guitar player. No bass player. But you play a big role um, during the live shows. So I want our listeners and our viewers to know, where does your... Um, where does your... What you call it? Um, responsibilities begin. Where do they begin? Okay, so my responsibilities for live shows are more on pre-production. Okay, which means that I, uh, since we don't have a bass player, I tend to create the bass lines for each of the songs that we're gonna be playing, and then uh, also the uh, the augmented keyboard parts because I only play with one keyboard. Uh-huh. And the other orchestrated parts come out, of course, of that uh, of that uh, playback. Now, backing tracks, do you consider them cheating? Hmm. Backing tracks, they've been used by a lot of artists already. Uh, for me, uh, if it uh, helps make the show uh, much fun and uh, lively, yeah, then why not use it? And it's also good um, if you're on a budget, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're, you're on a budget, uh, the overhead is quite low because, of course, you don't need to hire more musicians. Insurance costs are, are low because when you travel. Uh, yeah, of course. And travel, like, uh, of course. <laughs> you have to feed them. Uh-huh. Lodging. Uh-huh. All that stuff. And, and, and so, so you, you're, you're pretty much um, in charge of pre-production. Yes. Does that mean it makes your job easier during the actual show? Uh, not really. Because you have, of course, a live show is not, only, it's not only like Sonics. You have to, of course, provide the, visual, right. the visual cues, everything. So you have you to have move. You have to move. Uh-huh. You have to stay with the beat. You have to play with, of course, we have, you have to play with the tracks. That's that sort of thing. You have to keep in time, yes. Rehearsals. Let's, um, let's talk about rehearsals with regard to being an artist. What do you do to keep your game uh, sharp? 
Of course. Because uh, you've been doing this for how long again? Oh my gosh, like 30 years plus. or more? 30 yeah. plus, yes. So wh- how, what do you do? So um, music is a listening art. Okay. So you have to keep yourself like in tune with what's being played on the radio to keep yourself current. Right. You have to, you have to practice, of course. Uh, of course, not only practicing per se, like uh, you're uh, practicing with your instrument. You have to practice in your head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. You yes. have to visualize. Uh huh. That helps a lot. It's like you're 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 thinking of what you're gonna be playing in your head first. In my in my opinion, no, because you've done a great job with regard to the whole pre-production thing. It makes my job easier because in the band, I'm the drummer and I'm the guy that actually fires up all those um, stuff that you've created. Right, right. So those are great stuff because they actually blend in with the actual organic sound. Correct. Not everybody understands this, but there's a lot of preparation that goes into. Make into visualizing because when you make all these backing tracks, you assume that Vic Carpio, our guitar player, will be playing on top of the the tracks that you're making, right? Right. So being a a sound sculptor, mm-hmm. you during pre-production, what goes in your head in terms of moving frequencies and making sure there is space for the organic instruments to plow through as opposed to making it muddy? Uh, first, uh, like what you said, of course, there's a guitar player. That's usually uh, the frequency that uh, that goes with the keyboard right. sometimes. Th- that that territory is the guitar and the keyboard part. You guys the, the, fight the, the low end is the bass the and bass the drums. And kick drum, so, yeah. yeah, with that in mind... Uh, for for the the keyboard parts to blend in with the guitar parts, you have to think, of course, of what the guitarist or the guitar player is gonna be playing uh, on that song. Right. So you have to uh, visualize in your mind. Uh, if, for example, if he's gonna use a, a distorted tone, or he's gonna be playing sparsely, or playing like almost frequently on a part of the song, you have to, of course. See which which uh, keyboard part will will blend in with uh, with what he's playing, or if you don't have that idea yet in your mind, you uh-huh. have to test it first on on the rehearsal. So so bring it into rehearsal, mm-hmm. play it through with the with the with the whole band, with the whole band, and then go back to the drawing board and or take notes and go back. Board, okay. Yes. So you can't just do. Let me program the, the the the. No, it doesn't work. And then that let's way. let I'll see you. I'll see you at the venue. It doesn't work that no, way. No, it doesn't work that way. So it has mm-hmm. to be tweaked, tweaked, tweaked until it becomes seamless and it sounds like uh, an organic band. Right. That's your pre-production there. And of course, sometimes the song won't be played um, the usual way. Right. You can have something like you can put some parts in the mind in your mind like a a vamp or. Uh, sometimes like a drop, uh-huh. and then the song the song isn't played the same thing and the same way anymore. So, with regard to this, where do you do all these programming? What DAW do you use for this? Uh, I use uh, Logic, yeah, By in particular Apple. GarageBand for sketching, and then Logic for final. Uh, what's final. what's what's your um, what's your process like? My process first is of course GarageBand. Yeah, Garage Sketch. Band for sketching. Uh, when you say sketching, to all of uh, our listeners who don't understand that, uh, explain to them. And to, to, to musicians who actually think Garage Band is a toy, actually the edge of you two uses Garage Band to sketch as well. Right. But is it a toy? Depends on how you see it. <laughs> it how do you it see is, it? It is both a toy and a... Uh, because you have a lot of sounds there. Okay. It's like going to a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A candy store, I mean. Like, uh, you, you can, if, if you have like a concrete, like a lead line, a bass line, and a rhythm, that's your sketch there. So you start there. You start there. And then? And then you tinker with the sound. Where do you, where do you tinker with the sound? On, on GarageBand or do you export? To Logic, what do you do? Garage Band first. Still Garage Band. Because mm-hmm. uh, Garage Band in itself, 
uh, mind you, has a lot of sounds. So if you're keen on sounds, you can start layering from right. from from those pillars: the lead line, the bass line, and the rhythm. From those pillars, you're gonna be putting in the colors. Okay. And we're still in Garage Band, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So after uh, after adding in the colors, then you go to Logic. Okay. What do you do with Logic? Yeah. You you add the colors and you build the the sections, the song sections. Everything's complete. You go to Logic. Okay. And then in Logic, you do the mix down. That's when you make sure that um, mm-hmm. that's when you do the sound sculpting and all that. And Logic has even more sounds. So now, if you have that sketch in Garage Band. Mm-hmm. And you bring it in Logic, you'll find out that there's even more sounds that you can have available to improve your track. So now you incorporate it more into your in what you have from the Garage Band uh, song you just did. Yeah, and then it will sound even better. It's so funny because after going from Garage Band to Logic, when he gives the files to me, they end up uh, being showcased and performed on Ableton Live. Right, <laughs> because that's what's that's what's good for live performance, naman, uh-huh. diba? The queuing and everything is there. Yes, Ableton. Yes, so that's what that's um that's that's a nice thing. So that's how it works. Now, um, there are so many topics and ideas to talk about, but let's talk about why, after thirty years, why are you still doing this? Because I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what you think about every day. Uh, it's like it's like any other passion. For example, you like painting. You wake up every day. You think of uh, anything like like visual stuff, like uh, landscapes uh-huh. or, or uh, subjects to paint, uh, like drawing, like charcoal, anything. It's similar. So uh, every day I wake up, and when a tune gets into my head, I immediately grab my phone. Like before, it was uh-huh. like a recorder. Now I'm your phone. On my phone, and then I, I create a tune. If I can't create a, stu- a tune right away, then I record it on my phone. So here in we're based in Los Angeles. So here in Los Angeles, who among the local Filipino American keyboard players are you? Um, are you? Are the, who among them do you admire? You can name names. Uh, he's not just a keyboard player, but he's also a, of course, uh, known for his uh, for his being a crooner. Like he's he's Brandon Flowers. Uh huh. He's one. Why do you like Brandon Flowers? Um, I like his uh, choices of uh, synth sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one. In uh, the in the Filipino um, circle here in Los Angeles, Filipino, among the local bands, local bands. Is there any in particular? Hmm. Like the ones that I've, that I've uh, I've watched so yeah. far are mostly guitar oriented, so I can't name I can't name uh, name names. Speak close <laughs> to the mic. I can't name names yet. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Finish figure out pani JJ your mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so who else aside from Brandon Flowers? No, no local Fili- Filipino uh, keyboard players in the Philippines. In the Philippines, of course, uh, Marvin Carido and the duo. Marvin Carido and uh, why? Why them? Why not Jay Durias? Why? Why them? Uh, Jay Durias. Yes, he's good, but uh, not your type. No. Um, although I like a little bit of R and B. Uh huh. But I like a little bit more of the uh, orchestrated stuff that's being right. uh, shelled out by, of course, uh, the duo uh, Antiporda and uh, yeah, Querido. It's hard, no? Because mm-hmm. between Antiporda and Querido, they have a lot of sounds and a lot of ideas. Right. And you can't play them all in one song. And two against one. <laughs> two against one. Two against one. <laughs> yeah. Like I encountered Joseph Cruz, um, who now plays keyboards with the band Hyperbeat. And me and G3 Misa, who's a guitar player, uh, when we would jam with Joseph Cruz, we would actually say, we're not doing anything tonight because Joseph Cruz will do everything. Right. Like that's an example of a uh, pianist, pianist per se. 
Because uh-huh. he can play everything by himself. Like Jay Duryas can play by himself. Yeah, Jay Duryas can play by himself. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But but, and, but of course, uh, Jimmy Anteporda and Marvin Garrido can play also by themselves. But they they're leaning towards the the, the textural whole, thing. Yes, yes, not yes. like with playing by themselves. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Because if they wanted to, they could. They could. Mm-hmm. But in an environment of an ensemble, mm-hmm. their mentality is: Where can I add flavor after the bass, guitars, and drums and mm-hmm. vocals have added their own flavors? Right. Tamaba. Right. It's more of orchestrating. Okay. Not single piano, solo piano playing. Now, what would you advise people who want to get into playing? Okay, again, let me re- let me define this. Playing the piano is not playing the keyboards, or is that is that the same? Playing the piano is not playing the synthesizers, which is more, which is more true. Playing the piano, what's the question? Playing again? the piano is like playing the keyboards, or playing the piano is not like playing synthesizers. Playing the piano. For me, is not like playing the synthesizers. Okay. Because playing the piano in itself, if you're gonna be saying piano, it's restrictive to, of course, the uh, the organic thing, the piano itself, like the hammers and the the strings itself. Or it could be an electric piano, but still the same theory applies, no? The same theory applies, but if you delve into that area, an electric piano can sound quite different when played depends on how you play on it like there's more there's more of that of course it's electric it's it's there's there's more frequencies that are coming out of it okay so that's what gets you the frequencies yes if the frequency can be tweaked you want that oh yes okay but but i still like the piano of course yeah but but tell the kids tell tell our listeners if they are going to dive into synthesizers what should they anticipate if you're gonna dive into synthesizers, first uh, think of uh, what came before the synthesizers. You have to, of course, study a little bit of piano rudiments mm-hmm. and uh, the the foundation. The foundation is important. You have to know your scales, know know the musical alphabet at least, and then um, then if if you know enough, you can you can start. You can start with the synthesizer because this the concept is uh, a little bit similar. You're still looking it, at keys. Yeah, but then again, there are knobs. Aside from keys, there yeah, are now, knobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike with the piano, mm-hmm. it's just keys. Right. So and then the only knob that's there is a slider, probably a volume knob and an on-off switch. And if it's an electric piano, right, right. And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But with a synthesizer, there are keys and then... There are knobs. Because if you don't start with the piano and you go... Right away, learning a synthesizer, you're still dealing with keys. You have to know the keys first and then deal with the knobs. Okay. But, but right now, it's, it's becoming like different. There's, there's like keyboards that are not exactly like piano, like the Rolly C board. It's, yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's not played the usual way you're playing the piano because the sound uh, gets different depending on the way you position your finger at the keys. Right. It bends and does does all sort of stuff like weird noises. <laughs> so if you want to be in a band and you want to play the, play the keyboards for the band, do you buy a keyboard? Do you buy a controller? Do you buy a mo- module? What are the first investments you need to make to be part? Do you need a MacBook or like tell tell our listeners? Okay, I want to be. I think I want to be a keyboard player like JJ. What do mm-hmm. I need to start? What do they need to start? To start, assuming they know piano already and they're not touring yet. The kids, the kids, uh, yeah, they're, they're just, they're just they're fresh of starting out. Yes. Right? Or if we have parents of, of kids who mm-hmm. want to be keyboard players, what should they prepare for? What should what, they, what gear should for? they, what gear should they yeah. get? Yes. Um, first they can, they can start with a Porta sound. You know why? For, for a bad situation. Yeah. Nah, you know why? It. You okay. know why? Well, can, sabagi, can, si tating katindig. Yeah, tating uses a porta <laughs> One sound. of the best pianists here in Los Angeles, I mean, uses a porta sound. Mm-hmm. And everybody's still oh, totally yeah, not away. I didn't mention that guy. Oh yeah, of course, tating katindig. Okay. Yeah, the, the katindig, si boy katindig, tating yeah. katindig. I like fusion. <laughs> so porta sound, huh? Porta sound, yes. You know why? Why? 
it opens up their ears to different kinds of sounds. Like the... Kasi may banks na Different sa, instruments. Okay. Brass, orchestral, synth, woodwind, all those. And then, if their ear is accustomed to that, then they can graduate to a synthesizer. No, no, no. But if, uh, I mean, my thing is, like, if if I want, I, I, I want to join a band and I want to be a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. So you'd recommend I get a Porta Sound? Should I get a Mac? Should I just get a Porta Sound and show up to auditions with a Porta Sound? How does it work? Of course, again, it depends on the kind of band you're into. Garage band. I mean, th- these are kids. Kids. Yeah. But yeah, a Porta Sound can, uh, can, uh, can work. Yeah. And an ampli- do, do I need an amplifier? An amplifier? Yes. Okay, um, what else do I need? You need an amplifier. If a Porta Sound has speakers... Believe me, you need an amplifier. I hope you guys are writing. Player. I hope you guys are writing this. By the way, speaking of <laughs> speaking of what JJ was saying, if you go check out um, 317's video here on Pacos Plays, the keyboard player, their keyboard keyboard player, Vahan, mm-hmm. that was a what glorified Porta sound, right? Yes, it is a Porta sound, and he's like. Like he kept it in a plastic bag. He was like, uh, he was, he was like taking TLC, perfect, yeah. yeah, TLC with it. Like, <laughs> but but it sounded dope, and um, oh, yeah, it did. And it had speakers. We had to kill the speakers because he had, had it had to go through the the whole direct uh, direct box thing. But right, yeah, going okay. So that's the port of sound. Mm-hmm. You need an amp. What else do you need? You need an amp. Uh, you need really good set of cables. Keyboard stand. Keyboard stand. Yes, of course. Uh, if you're going to in- integrate an iPad, yeah, right now, uh, iPads have like uh, synth apps. You can you can augment your port of sound. If it has a USB, you can connect it to an iPad and then you can have even more sounds. Upgraded sounds. No? Upgraded sounds. Who knows? You might be uh, you might be using uh, your Porta Sound for a long time because uh, if especially if you're connecting it to an iPad, Correct. which gives you another uh, set of sounds. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Wow. You'll wow. be at it for a long time then. <laughs> wow. Never. I never saw it that way, but but you're right. Uh-huh. That's the way it could be. Or a laptop. When when you get a laptop, uh, you buy uh, apps like Mainstage. Yeah, main stage. Or, of course, uh, if you have a little bit more dough, <laughs> you can buy Ableton. I think, I, I, you know, I'm biased toward Ableton Live. Uh, maybe that's that we'll save that for another topic because that is something I am very passionate about. Although, after lear- it was, it's so weird. After learning Ableton, it was easier for me to go back to Logic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because Ableton, I needed to learn it by necessity because I needed to find all the routing and the and and the bus uh, channels and all this. So it made it easier for me to go back to Logic. Like uh, in case you're not aware, Ableton and uh, Logic, they they are both production ready uh, software. There you go. You can you can create full songs using each any of those. Pick your weapon. <laughs> So it's basically it. Any yeah. parting words uh, to to our listeners who are interested in writing music? How do they protect their? Are you a member of ASCAP? ASCAP, yes, I am. So how do um like like advise them how they can protect their work, how they can collaborate with others? What would what would you suggest to these kids coming out right now who are who are um, pouring out music on on the internet all over the internet? Yeah, of course. Uh, first, you have to um, if if you are particularly a creator, a uh, a songwriter, uh, you have to, of course, be a member of any organization that can protect your work. Right, like what you said, ASCAP. Um, or if you want the poor man's copyright. You can send your song to yourself, like mail uh-huh. it to yourself or email it to so yourself to have a timestamp huh? mm-hmm. and then have it probably notarized or something. Yeah. And then that will protect you. Or uh, now if you're just uh, primarily playing songs, uh, just um, doing gigs like cover songs, 
uh, then that's something uh, lesser to worry about right. in terms of copyright. But of course, uh, wherever venue you're going to be playing the songs, the of course the place, the the venue is going to play for the royalties of the. They'll pay the for royalties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Right? That's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, yes, uh, if uh, if uh, music is your passion, uh, of course, uh, just keep at it. Uh, practice, practice, and again, you have to have lots of patience. Uh, each person's musical growth is different. Right, you can't you can't force it. It's it's your ear is being trained like. Uh, like uh, sometimes uh, it can take a while before you uh-huh. learn a tune. Sometimes uh, it's it's different with every individual. Sometimes some are born like uh, like savants. Yeah, when they hear something, they they know right they know away. it right away. That's true. Yeah, not everyone is uh is like a perfectly gifted uh, musically. Correct. Uh, so you just need patience. You just need practice. Keep listening. Keep enjoying enjoying the music that's uh that's the bottom line nice well there you go guys um that's it with jj buen camino of Intravoice and also part of the pacos place uh live at pacos place family <laughs> um if you have any comments questions please feel free to just um post them wherever you find them again before we go special thanks to radiant medical aesthetics uh, located at 2795 West Lincoln Avenue, Unit C, Anaheim, California, 92801. Uh, their clinic offers rejuvenating facials, cosmetic injectables, body contouring. So to book your appointment, call 714-886-2959. Again, 714-886-2959. And tell them Paco or Janelle referred you to get the Live at Paco's Place discount. Now, you may also visit them on the web at RadiantBeautyMD.com. Jay? Also, uh, this episode is brought to you by LDS Systems Inc. If you own a business and would like to build your back office to scale with your business growth, give LDS Systems a call to book your consultation. They aren't just an IT company, but a leader in dedicated solutions for your business. Give them a call at 800-783-8987 or visit them on the web at ldssystems.com. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the podcast or the channel, please feel free to do so. Again, our commitment is to deliver all these content that can help your growth, whether in life, in music, or both. So thank you very much for your support. Thank you. And we hope to catch you on the next podcast.